0: I just want you all to know, this episode was basically a hair's breadth from being a Lamentation. I decided ultimately not to give it a Lamentation, because for me, Lamentation is the dreck of the dreck. As I've discussed many times before, the whole point is it's as bad of a rating as I can give to anything. There's nothing below that. Um... But I decided after considering it for several minutes after finishing the episode, I mean, just sitting here like, you know, for quite a while, uh, I finally decided, okay, you know what? This episode was bad in several ways. But the predominant problem with the episode is that it it was incredibly boring. And for me, boring is a different enough thing from bad that I can't quantify the two as the same thing. I have like half a page of notes here. I got nothing to say about this episode. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the first thing that amuses me about this episode. I was talking to Pax about this episode. And I was like, hey, Pax. And he's like, yeah, what? A... So I'm going to be working on the Outrageous of Connor next. next. And he's like, which one's that one? Now, that's not a big surprise. Most people don't have the names of episodes. Even I have to look up names of episodes every now and again. And I do this for a living. So it's like, yeah, okay, no problem. It's the episode. And then I paused for a moment because I had a trouble summarizing the episode. So I'm like, there's uh, two factions and they're not really that strong and they're tr- both, you know, they've got this Romeo and Juliet thing going on and he's just like, yeah, it's not ringing any bells. I'm, I'm like, okay, hang on. Uh, it's the bad jokes episode. Oh yeah! Did you know four writers worked on this? None of whom had any significant experience before or since working with Star Trek. And God Damn, does it show. I want to say there are a couple things that elevate this episode from being true drack. Uh There's a single moment with Data, which is awesome, and is then immediately ruined. And Joe Piscopo puts in the best performance I could possibly conceive of him doing with this terrible episode. In fact, uh, Joe Piscopo had to... Let's just say his original lines and gags were uh, awful... I don't mean his, I mean the ones they wrote for him so the director involved was like, yeah, okay go ahead and basically let him improv his stuff and Brent Spiner, who actually does work as a comedic actor or excuse me, as a a stand-up comedy comedian, god, I can't use my words today, was able to basically improv off of him and so a decent amount of what you see is just Brent Spiner and Joe Piscopo playing off of each other until they get back to the point where they can go back to the actual script and that was okay Not funny, just okay. I also have to comment on something really quickly here. This this episode was scored by Ron Jones. Yes, that Ron Jones, the one I've been singing the praises of for forever. He does good music in this episode, but it confuses the hell out of me. I wrote down music, and I put a question mark by it. And then the second instance happened, and then the third, and I decided I was going to add a question mark for each time the music was just weird or confusing. I have seven question marks here. I'll give you two examples just right off the top of my head. There's a scene where it's like, all right, Wesley, we need to manually tractor his ship, and it's treated like the most serious, tense, surgically precise thing possible, and everyone's super tense, and the music's super tense, and then, oh, okay, we have a tractor beam. What? And then there's a scene where uh, they have this kind of light, airy, like you just kind of go down the ballpark as as Okana is talking about jokes, and it's just, Huh? And then, I got a third one that just occurred to me. Then there's the scene where Worf goes down to get Okana. Now, if you close your eyes, and I encourage you to do this, I, in fact, I legitimately encourage you to either go back and rewatch this episode or, like, if you have it readily available, just go back to the scene. It's, it's like at the 20 to 30 minute mark, somewhere around there. Um, I should have made a note. I'm sorry, I didn't make a timestamp note. It's the scene where Worf is going down to get O'Connor. I will make Okana come to the bridge. That's a dumb scene for so many different reasons. I mean, if you—I'm trying not to nitpick this episode because nitpicking isn't really my job. My job is here to critique, discuss, analyze, and, and ruminate. But I gotta say that that whole scene was just terribly constructed from word go. Like you remember, you know, realize that that woman who's who's has no lines, who is making out with Okana in front of someone who she works with because she's on the Enterprise. Is just being as blasé as he is about this whole thing. You know what? Let's not even get, let's not get into it. No nitpicking. No nitpicking. Point being, I want you to rewatch that scene, except just the part where Worf is going down to pick him up. You can you can just slice that little bit of it. Then close your eyes and listen to the music. It's really nice. This almost dreadful drum beat, like the like the oncoming of a war, for Worf going to get a kind of. Take him to the bridge. Anyways, <clears throat> so... Um, whew, uh, I hate Okana. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that as bluntly as I can. I don't really have anything against the actor. I've seen this actor do good work before. You know, I've seen the Rocketeer. Um, I just really despise the way Okana is played in this episode. I would, I think in this instance, I could pretty definitively say the script is the problem, and I'm building up to a point here. Don't worry, I'm going to get to it pretty quickly. But I wrote down a note here, almost jokingly, but as the episode went forward, it became more literal. He is not Han Solo. That is who Okana is, not Han Solo. You know, Han solo light. I can't believe it's not Han Solo. You know, something like that. It's, it's just this situation where it's like, okay... Um <clears throat> people <laughs> people keep describing him and I made notes of, of some of the adjectives or phrases they used to describe him in the episode uh he is mischievous he's a rogue he has excellent vision he has a healthy libido he is an interesting man he lives life by his own rules he chooses his path in life you know there there's several other instances but it's just like Everyone in the crew, except for Worf, because Worf is awesome, just seems enamored of this guy. In fact, and I hate to use this phrase because I personally think the phrase is overused and my definitions for it are far stricter than other people's, but this guy approaches Mary Sue, or I guess Gary Sue territory, because of how he's just kind of better than everyone and gets along with everyone and everyone just kind of smiles no matter what he says, even as he's smarming his way through things. I just, phew, anyways, so, and and, I'm not going to go into every detail, I'm not, there's a lot of scenes that he does, it just irritates me. Um, I also feel really bad for Will Wheaton in this episode, because he has to be grinning like an idiot the entire time, (sighs) sometimes it's full teeth, you know? I'm totally faking this, obviously, because I'm, nothing in this episode made me laugh. Um, but, yeah, you know, full teeth like this. And sometimes it's just the, the tight lipped grin, you know, hm. And it looks incredibly fake. And I just picture what, I, I wish I could find an interview of Will Wheaton about this episode or ask him. I wish I could, I had the political power and, and sway as a media reviewer to go to Will Wheaton and say, what was going through your mind? While you were doing Outrageous Okana? I'm really honestly curious. Because your your character, your, your presentation is just... <sighs> the whole time. It gets, it gets creepy. There's even this really horrifying scene where Riker is de- is describing Okana. You know, he chooses life. Someday, you'll make your own choice, Wesley. And Wesley says in the creepiest voice possible, I already have... Ah! <laughs> I don't even dislike Wesley as a character, and that just made me go, whoa, whoa. So, I said I was building up to a point. Data does the I don't understand human language thing several times in this episode. Uh, Troy is a plot coupon rather than an actual character. Um, Worf reverts to Feral rather than actually being a decent person twice in this episode. And... Then there's the quality of the joking and the humor that's supposed to be going throughout. There's something like 12 jokes that aren't related to Joe Piscopo throughout the course of this episode. And I'm not talking about Data's shtick either. Um, you know, jokes that are deliberately intended to be funny. None of them are to me. I'll go ahead and bet that humor is, of course, subjective. But none of them made me laugh at all. Now, I point this out because all of this is building up to a point and I know I've already said it, but it really needs to be hammered in. I think the script is terrible. And now I'm going to give you my final piece of evidence. I have actually looked up... It this took a while... To, okay, so let me rewind a bit. I've got the magazines, right? The old TNG and Voyager magazines. Because I'm a geek, and my mum was awesome, and she was a geek too. So, yay. Oh, and I hold on to that stuff. I still went my Nintendo powers, for God's sakes. How many of you even know what I'm talking about? So, <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I I noticed that they were talking about how the script had to have a significant rewrite twice, which is past the usual number of rewrites a script has. So in other words, we're talking about like seven total rewrites for the script. And I believe it. Again, four writers. Usually, as I've said many times before, usually when you see more writers on a script, that is a bad sign. It is very rare that turns out to be a good thing. So I, I, I looked at that and I'm like, huh. I decided to go looking for that original script. And it's actually worse. But what really caught my attention as I was glancing through things is I noticed the joke Guinan gave originally is different. I'm actually staring at it right now. I've got it up over my second monitor. If you'll forgive me. It's, so it's the joke she gives her. She says, well, because you're a droid and I'm annoyed. Which, by the way, is not funny. That's a base play on words that, that barely qualifies as a pun. And puns are, well, their own subcategory of humor anyways, so let's not even get into that. But here's her original joke, and I'm just reading word for word from the script. Whoa, slow down. Now, Data, there's just you and me here, and nobody is going to know what we talked about. My job here places me under some obligations, like a vow of secrecy. I can't repeat anything I see or hear. Now, the obligation of the patron is to tell the truth. Otherwise, I'm being placed under a commitment to keep secret about nothing. That's not fair. It's called wasted honor. You understand? And then what's supposed to happen is Data pauses and says, I understand completely. You are telling a joke, but I am not laughing. Maybe there's a problem with the joke. And then it goes on as the episode plays normally. Uh, Your Honor, uh, I I rest my case. (laughs) God damn! Okay. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One of the things that I noticed was Data was looking up for the funniest comedian. Now, I initially mis- misunderstood this. I thought he that the episode was stating that Joe Piscopo was the funniest uh, comedian in history. Now, I point that out. Because it's something I've noticed bad fiction, or especially bad science fiction, tends to do. Where they will say, such and such is the greatest insert category here of all time, historically speaking. And then they bring in a guest star who they were able to get. And it almost never lines up. But uh, in this case, the greatest comedian, comedian ever was like someone named Statoriga. She says the name very quickly. I didn't quite catch it. But it was someone who was doing quantum mathematics jokes. And I thought that was kind of neat. You know, <clears throat> why is Heisenberg's wife unhappy? Because every time he had the energy, he didn't have the time. <sighs> Sorry. I had to. Anyways, so, uh, God, um,. I'll I'll talk about the dilemma in a second. There's this wonderful scene where Troy is not being a character and has to explain to Picard, I love this, has to explain to Picard why a father would be upset about his daughter getting knocked up and then having the the, the person who did the knocking up abandoning her. I am dead serious. Now, she also says this in the smarmiest way possible. They have an archaic... Uh, actually, I believe the term they use is arcane, specifically, and ancient. Uh, what, what, what I wrote down here: ancient codes of procreation. What? <laughs> and then Okana, who refuses to tell the truth about any of this, just kind of says, "Yeah, no, just just let me go." Even though there's a thousand ways around this, but no, 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 just let me go. I I could tell you the truth, Captain, but instead I'm just going to stonewall you, until Wesley convinces me to for what amounts to no reason. Um, And then, uh, I have no sympathy for the Romeo and Juliet part of this episode. I really don't. Like, she's, oh my god, I totally love him, except I refuse to marry him. Also, the guest stars for both her and him are god-awful. Like, I've talked so many times about guest stars in Star Trek and how the truly great episodes have amazing guest stars, but Star Trek in general doesn't have a really good track record for guest stars. Lump these guys in with the ple category. Now, again, maybe this is partially the script's fault, because the script is terrible, as I think I've proven, and the directing was not exactly stellar. But she is just awful. I will not marry him. (laughs) Like, her tone is just... What? Where are you going with that? What what are you trying to accomplish with that with that portrayal? And then the guy's like, no, no, you can't marry her. She's that's my child. <laughs> God, it's so bad. And then what's really funny, in addition to the terrible acting, is it's portrayed as if she had to lie because he would never accept. Her father would never accept the truth, and he had to lie because his father would never accept the truth. Except the moment they both hear the truth, they're both like, "Yeah, okay." You noticed that? Cause I did. No fuss, no nothing. Oh, our children are are mar- getting married, having a child. Okay. Well, now we got a feud about other stuff. They're going to be on my planet. You know, they just kind of go with the flow. So it, it gets across the impression that everyone involved is a colossal idiot. <laughs> like, the kids instigated this whole thing. She lied outright to her father. Because they state this twice in the episode. That she flat out told her father that Okana was the... the, the, the I'm trying not to use the word father because I just said father. But it, you know, that he is the one who put a baby in her belly. There we go, we'll put it as bluntly as we can. And she flat out, they they admit flat out that she lied to him about that because she's an idiot. And then the other guy was like, oh no, no, they, he totally stole it. They both make absolutely weak gestures of, no, dad, don't. It's... And then Okana himself, of course, once again has like 30 ways around this. It would have been really easy for him to be like, "Hey, Captain Picard. So listen, um, this is actually a little bit of a matriarchal dispute, or and and I, I'm not matriarch it's the wrong word. Uh, a dispute of uh, paternal. There we go. Paternal dispute. So, um, is there any chance you could just kind of beam both the kids over here really quick? Don't worry, we're not. I'm not. I don't want to do anything untoward to them. I have a delivery to make to her. It's my job, because I'm a delivery boy." I will give the delivery to her, and then the two will be married, and then we can beam them back, and at that point the plan will be complete. Because remember, the whole plan, such as it is, was that he was going to offer her the jewel and then formally marry her, at which point it would, hypothetically, there would be nothing they could do about it. Keep in mind that's not actually what happened anyways, because they don't formally marry and the parents are totally cool with it. Also, I get the impression she wasn't in on this plan at all. That's just my impression. Because, I mean, why would you want to tell someone that you're planning to give her a gift of marriage? That's just ridiculous! (sighs) Sorry, sorry. Let me talk about one of the only things that I really did enjoy about this episode. The moral dilemma that is brought up and then flung out the window! Every time this episode does something I like, it immediately ruins it. I'm not actually kidding. That is, that is not a joke. Every time the episode's like, ah, oh, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Scribble, scribble, scribble. And then it's like, no, rude, screw you. Terrible episode. But I do like the nature of the moral dilemma. Let me lay this out in a more neutral term, and maybe you can understand why I find this engaging. The Enterprise is vastly superior to two distinct alien forces who have come to them for arbitration. The Enterprise happens to contain something that they want, more or less by accident. Not a deliberate provocation, but just by happenstance has something that both legal sides, both organizations want. Now, these organizations can't do anything to the Enterprise. They are not a threat of the weak, which I like. But this now becomes, since this is no longer a matter of survival or safety, this becomes a purely moral and ethical dilemma. Because, especially if it's a person, willingly giving up a person to another legal code, especially people who we don't have any kind of extradition treaty or any kind of treaty at all with, immediately enters murky ground. Picard himself flat out states, you know, if I was to follow standard regulations, I'd just put you back in your ship and walk away. Because we know that, that the Federation is, are a bunch of idiots at this point in time. But, at the same time, Picard himself admits that he doesn't like that option. That he finds that to be morally unacceptable to just toss someone to the wolves, that they offered help in distress. And O'Connor flat out says, I'm not actually a criminal. And and he does it in a reasonably convincing way. And as we find out, he is not actually guilty of any crime here. So that adds another wonderful niggle, because now we are offering to open up someone who is effectively an innocent man to be caught up in a political struggle. And then it gets more interesting, doesn't it? What do you do in that circumstance? How do you deal with that? Now, the episode then throws that out the window because there is no dilemma. and Yay, you're together. You're both stupid at the end. But the basis of that is fascinating to me. I could probably do an entire episode. I'm saying this the wrong way. That sounds arrogant. I would love to write an entire episode focused on that kind of dilemma. Let me phrase it more clearly. The idea of, here we are, they're not a threat, but we have an innocent person, and they want—they both want that person for different reasons. And it's all a political quagmire. What do you do with that? How do you resolve that? What is the correct choice there? That's just fascinating. I love that. Which brings me to the other positive aspect of the episode. Data. Now... I don't care for most of the data bits, as I think I made clear with the Guinan bit. I mean, the the attempts at chokes are just terrible. And there is one brief snippet of a scene which I was literally in the middle of writing down a note. I, I can prove this. Here, hang on. I don't know if you can see, actually. It just occurred to me. It's like right here. I was in the middle of writing a note, and then the episode ruined its own point. I literally just started scribbling because I knew I'd remember from the scribble what the hell was going on. The episode starts off almost having this wonderful melancholy as the android who is trying to understand humor in order to better broaden his understanding of being a living, sentient, sapient being is then confronted with the fact that all his attempts have led him absolutely nowhere. Total failure. Brent Spiner adds some wonderful, and I know this is a weird word to use here, humanity to the way Data reacts to the audience. The way he starts, you know, he's, he's in the middle of the jokes and they start laughing. And then he finishes the joke and they keep laughing. Listen to the tone of his voice as he continues it. There's almost a melancholy there as the realization falls in that because it's the real, it's the worst kind of realization. The second worst, excuse me, the second worst kind of realization. It's when you think you made it and there's like this, this little bit of yes. No, you actually, you actually didn't make it at all. And that's worse than if you just thought you didn't make it to begin with, right? And you get a little bit of that in his performance as he just sits there and he very quietly, emptily says, "'Computer, discontinue, audience.'" And I'm just sitting there like, "'Oh, God, that's awesome.'" Then the episode immediately goes into him completely missing the point and saying lines that indicate he, that all of that was bullcrap and probably just Spiner acting on the spot rather than any legitimate intent on behalf of the director or the writers. Because then he's like, no, I've got an idea. Why don't we just reprogram this? And blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Damn it. Ugh. This episode was boring. I am sorry that I don't have much else to say about this this it, i need to come up with a new phrase you know i've got ruminations which is everything and i've got lamentations which is the bottom 0.1%. i need to come up with a new categorization because that's what this would be. <laughs> welcome to a plamination or something god i don't even know. i hope to see you guys next week. Oh, god please let it be a good episode next week please. i don't even I, I don't even know what it is right now. i'll look it up in like a 1 minute and then i'll react to it and then i'll tell you about it next week so I'll see you around, guys.